0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. I am also thrilled to introduce our guest, Sarah Snyder. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Healing You and just has a phenomenal backstory, which I want her to share with you because she's going to be able to tell it to you so much better than I can. Trust me, because I tried and that will be in bloopers later. But Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. You do have such a remarkable backstory, and I'd love if you could share with listeners where you came from and what you're doing today as a result of your journey.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, that's a big, it's a big sort of tackle. And you're right, I could probably tell it better because I lived through it. I think we all uh-huh. have such unique stories to tell. Um, and my journey has certainly taught me that everyone has their own beautiful story to tell. Mine um, happens to include um, being able to uh, walk through a health journey and come up the other side with a lot of victory. Um, I was um, diagnosed with a rare abdominal desmoid tumor when I was 26 years old, which totally kind of flipped my life on its head. Um, These days, I get to say for the better. Initially, it wasn't. It was um, as um, challenging as any health crisis can be and sent me into a lot of seeking answers and trying to figure out the right path of treatment to take. And then after I took the treatment, the right ways to deal with chronic pain and chronic fatigue that kind of continued to happen and honestly Kim the emotional roller coaster that was having my life turned upside down and I I think that's part of my story is as important if not more than the physical journey that I went on which was that I had to first deal with and accept the fact that this new reality of my health was a part of my life and then that I couldn't change it that I had to walk forward with it Um, and for me, what ended up happening was also realizing that that physical ailment was an opening to so many other areas of my life, which I didn't know initially, but was able to walk through the fact that it helped me to put up a mirror and see that. I was not in a career that made me happy. I was not taking care of my body and my health in a way that really made me feel well, although I thought I was. I was a marathoner. I was a runner. I thought I was taking good care of my body. I was not in healthy relationships. Um, I didn't have really stable people around me or wasn't attracting the relationships in my life that really helped to uplift me. Um And I just overall wasn't fully i guess in step with who I truly am, and I walked through that journey with a lot of support, a lot of guidance, and a lot of time on my knees, crying and begging out for relief and um I'm grateful to say that I came out the other side with like a new purpose and a new um reason for living, and that's the work that I do now is creating that space for women who have. Um, embarked on health challenges to really utilize that as a way to propel their life into a new ju- new direction and to really get into the deep rooted stuff that is, I believe um, can be behind challenges like that. I specifically stay in the realm of health challenges, but I'm sure you can relate and maybe probably allow your listeners just really when any challenge comes up in our lives, I think it's an opportunity for, um, for, uh, or, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for us to see an obstacle And flip it on its head kind of and see the good that can come out of it. But I certainly didn't see good at the beginning. So I'm very careful when I tell that it just this isn't roses. Like I'm not saying that everything is good. And it's all roses. I'm very careful for that. But so how
0: was it discovered that you had the tumor? What was going on? If you don't mind me asking?
1: You know, it's so funny. So many people ask me that and I find um I don't even think about that anymore. But so I was 26 years old and I was working in finance in Philadelphia where I lived and um I was a runner. I used to love to train and run for half, specifically half marathon races. That was my favorite length of race. I'd been out for a long run and I'd come back and I was at the gym actually just doing some abdominal work. And I remember feeling this like kind of, you know, I guess now I could say now like a lump or just a hard mass in my stomach and thinking, wow, I must have pulled a muscle like that's really bizarre, just kind of, it was just the most odd thing to feel right, this hard place in the middle of your abdomen. And I kind of just like dismissed it, let it go and decided um, a few weeks later, when I was starting to have some digestive pain, that I would go to the primary care doctor and just ask her what you do for a pulled muscle in your abdominal wall. Um, and then obviously she sent me for an MRI and I went through a series of tests and realized that it was not a pulled muscle. It was in fact, um, a soft tissue sarcoma that was embedded in my abdominal wall. And from there, you know, my life just became a series of doctor's appointments. I think I was a professional patient.
0: Oh, wow. I can't even imagine. I want to jump back just for a second, how you said, you know, a lot of us, you address health struggles, but a lot of struggles teach us a lot about ourselves and you're so right. I mean, I went through my own struggles. I went through a failed marriage and learned so much about myself. Are you seeing the same transition with a lot of the clients that you work with too?
1: You know, Kim, one of the like most fascinating things that I'll find is that women will come to me because they will, they will see that like I changed my diet and I started You know, transitioning my exercise patterns and doing different things that helped me to get well, and they're interested in that. I'm a big proponent of functional medicine. I'm a big proponent of, you know, self empowered wellness, and people will come to me interested in that part of my story or so think that they are. But really, what I find is it doesn't take very long into our conversations where, yes, that stuff will help them and they are interested and they've tried every diet in the books and they've tried all these transitions in their physical, but what they're really hungry for, what they're really eager for is understanding the stuff underneath of that. So I guess the answer to your questions is yes, they want that. They have the stuff underneath that helps to like elevate their lives. I'm trying to think of the best way to answer that. It's just that... No, I, I hear what you're saying and I... It's, it's like the layers. It's like they think that it's the health, but really it's like, honestly, very often it's like childhood trauma and stuff and that trauma. came up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense?
0: For you? Do you think that you would have found your path to where you are now if you hadn't gone through your struggle?
1: Well, I believe that there's an omnipotent God that has a path for us and that we follow it and we'll find it. Do I believe that, um, this was the, I believe if I wouldn't have found it this way, there would have been something else that would have opened it up for me because I think we're always guided, but I do believe it was the opening for the path of me. And and it was, this process of like, um, I was just actually reflecting on this when I was driving the other day. It's this process of layers, right? Like, you can't elevate to the next layer until you kind of deal with that first layer. So, first of all, I had to learn how to take care of myself. And I think that as a 26 year old uh, woman working in corporate America, training for half marathons, you know, having rela- social relationships, going out, having fun, drinking, being with friends. I was doing the best I could then with what I had, and I thought I was taking good care of myself. But then, when a health crisis came in, I had to learn how to take care of myself in a whole nother way. Like society was telling me, and I was looking on the outside, and it looked like I was taking care of myself well, right? Like she's a runner; she, you know, she works hard, she has a job, she's climbing the corporate ladder. But really, that was not great self-care, and I had to learn how to rest. I had to learn how to actually really eat whole, healthy food for my body. And I had to learn how to really embrace vulnerability and intimacy to have deep relationships with people. I no longer wanted those surface relationships. And so I feel like by going through that journey, it was this invitation into that part of my life. Had it not come through that, who knows? I don't know. I might be on the same journey as you. Maybe there would have been a failed marriage. there. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I believe that that was my invitation. And I chose to accept it at that point.
0: Yeah. And I can see that. I mean, mine, when I came out of that and really, I consider it a rebirth, is what I'm trying to say. It was when I really mm. figured out me. And even that's been a progression. I mean, that was the end of 2010. So even eight years later, I'm still figuring out who I am.
1: Oh, Kim, I think we will be for the rest of our lives. But that was an invitation oh, yeah, for you, right? Was, to dig deeper into that.
0: Absolutely. It was the first. And I know a, a lot of listeners could be thinking, well, how did you not know? Well, I, I just didn't. Because I was working so hard to keep everybody else happy that I wasn't taking the time to look inwardly and see what I was really doing. Mm. And well, I had used it before we even hopped onto the podcast, Light Dawns on Marblehead, I think I had a tech glitch or something. Short m- memory today. But that's really what it was. All of a sudden, it was like the light just shone brightly. And even though there were struggles and I would I mean, with your health struggle, same thing. But all of a sudden, the light just shines and everything becomes a lot clearer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not and not instantly. Oh, like no. I don't think it's instant, and I don't think it ever ends. I think that we're all continuously invited into that deeper and deeper level of healing and of awareness, um, and maybe even of consciousness as we um, as we kind of accept the invitations, right? To just keep going on and on. So I'm not surprised that maybe it's been eight years for you and you're continuing to dig deeper. But I think that's the beauty of the invitation that we get to, yeah, to just continue to heal and evolve ourselves. Sarah, on
0: the form that you filled out to come on the podcast, you said that you used to watch The Secret on replay after your treatment. Did you watch it regularly before you got sick? Were you introduced to it before? How did that come to be?
1: It's hilarious. I um I had not been introduced to it before, but what happened when I came out of the surgery is I was cont- I was still in chronic pain. So as I'd mentioned several times, I was a runner. That was like a way that I dealt with life. Is a way that I um, relieved stress. It was a way that I measured accomplishments. And when I came out of surgery, obviously I had um, a huge abdominal um, surgery, and I couldn't. I couldn't run anymore. And the more I tried to run, the more I hurt myself and the more I set myself back. And so I was grasping for something to tell me how to to get better. And so I don't even remember who gave me that DVD or what it was. But I just thought if I would just listen to it every morning on repeat and um, listen to what they had to say and practice the manifesting and practice the affirmations that I would just get better and things would be better, that's not what happened for me. Um, but that is when I started. Yeah. I just started listening to it then. And, um, you know, eventually I just had to stop watching it and realize that like, there was just deep spiritual work that I got to do and I was invited to do, and it wasn't going to be any affirmations or anybody else's story, but my own, it was going to take this deep layer of healing, um and really being accountable and connected with other people authentically in my life. It wasn't about watching something on a TV or having somebody tell me what to do. It was about sitting down and, and sharing my secrets and telling my friends eventually, look, I am really I'm really unhappy and I'm really scared and this is really painful and I don't know what to do. Um and just revealing that and then eventually that became I really dislike this job. It's not right for me. And my joy and my passion and my truth comes in the space of wellness and health and spirituality and kind of starting to walk that path into that authentic self. It was you know, it just wasn't something Kim that I could keep watching or repeating or affirming. It was something that I had to I had to walk out. I had to take action on.
0: No, I really appreciate that. I was actually introduced to the Law of Attraction in 2009 after losing my job. And I remember going on to some message boards. This, I mean, I I was on Facebook, but they didn't, I don't remember groups being around then, but I was on a Yahoo message board and people were talking about how they wanted to win the lottery. And just by thinking positively about it, they could win it. And I just sat there shaking my head like that's not, that's not really how it works. I'm not saying don't think positive, but I, was, I remember putting out there that I didn't care so much about winning the lottery but it would be nice to work for somebody who did i was an interior designer back then but that was even going to take action and i think that's something that well i see it in in a bit of the life coaching space that i work with because i do digital marketing when i'm not doing when i'm not doing the positive productivity podcast in the woo woo realm There's a lot of positive thought. And while I do believe that positive thought is really important, clearly positive productivity, there requires that action to get there. And I would love to know, if you don't mind sharing this, what happened when you started being more open and transparent and authentic with your friends and community
1: members? Yeah. Can I comment on that law of attraction one Please. time and then go to that? I'm just listening to what you're saying. And I think so, I've gotten to a place too, because I've evolved, right? It's been a decade of me evolving from that place of what we were just talking about. And what I've realized now is that it's a practice for me of asking, listening, and then being in an action. And what I mean by that is I believe that it starts with a deep connection with our creator, with God, and with prayer asking for what we truly desire, being clear on that. And sometimes it takes prayer to figure that out. But then what I've realized is that it takes that place of sitting back and listening and receiving the right next step for our lives to move forward. And when we're in alignment with that asking and receiving, then we can take that inspired action. And I believe that's when the stuff begins to manifest or open up if that is, you know, the words that we can use to show that. But it has to be aligned. It has to be in alignment with our highest idea and our highest self and what I believe the creator of the world has for us. And then it comes to fruition. But we can't, like you were saying, like, just be like, I want to win the lottery. Well, you know what, that might not be what is in the alignment for you, that's my belief process. And that's how I've practiced it. And that's how I've been able to walk it out. And you know what the truth is about that? That sometimes the season or uh, the reception that we get from this higher being from God is that it's a, a time of rest, right? It's a time of just being and being patient and living in the world that we're in right now, it's not a time of movement forward. Would winning the lottery probably feel like it would feel better? Yes. I mean, for example, this conversation, would I have wanted to manifest disease into my life and having a sickness? No. Did it provide for me incredible positive stuff in my life? Absolutely. So I just think that's my experience of it. And I believe in positivity, like you're saying, but I believe that there has to be an alignment with our greatest good and the greatest good for the universe and all around us.
0: Oh, I love that. I have to say, I do agree. Sometimes I have a lot of trouble with asking though. And my husband can attest to this. I have trouble admitting when I need help. He's actually in my office right now. Is that true? Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> but if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. But you know what the beautiful thing is? And I agree with you. And this is something I've actually put kind of a prayer circle around and been in a fast of prayer round. You can ask to learn how to ask.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like I might not even know how to ask because that might not have been safe for me in the environments that I, I have been in historically, but when we're being elevated in our consciousness, we can learn how to ask also I don't know about you, but sometimes I actually am challenged to receive because I have told myself, taught myself and my experiences, what I've derived from them is that it takes hard work to um, be able to produce results. And that is true in some senses, but not everything has to be hard, right? So there is, so sometimes it's just like, Sarah, just sit and receive and Honestly, I would not even know that if I wouldn't have a direct connection and deep connection with God and be able to have that come up in my prayer and mindfulness time to be like, oh, I can ask about how to ask and I can ask about how to receive. And maybe I'm not doing those either of those to the fullest of my capacity. And that might be one of our lifelong journeys, right, that we were talking about before I just think the beauty is now, it's not like this passive thing that I just sit back and say affirmations all the time. I'm actually in connection and in relationship.
0: Thank you for talking about the difficulty of receiving. (laughs) Is that
1: something you experienced?
0: Oh, yeah. And the difficulty of even asking too. Just yesterday, listeners, you know I'm very transparent. Just yesterday, I... Was talking to a a new client. They weren't a new client yet, but they wanted to know what my proposal was. And I even sat here at my desk arguing with myself, not out loud, you know, I wasn't talking to myself, but is this going to be too high? Is this going to be too low? In the end, Sarah, I ended up doubling my initial thought and it was an instant yes, but I was doubting myself because there's also that uh, worthiness fight that a lot of us face inside, you know am I worthy of this? Are they going to laugh at me if I ask for this? But at some point, well, even though I was still struggling with it yesterday, at some point I realized that yes, I do need to just put myself out there because the worst that I'm going to get is no. And over the last few years, I've, I haven't completely lost my fear of the word no, but I'm definitely more brave about accepting it.
1: That's great. You're receiving.
0: I am. How has patience played into you're asking and receiving. Do you ever get impatient waiting?
1: Can I be honest about this one? I think I have to, like, oh, absolutely tell this story. So, after I, um, so a few years ago, after I had gone through the surgeries so to remove the tumor and then I had an abdominal reconstruction, um, I went through a season where I had a thyroid and adrenal imbalance, which, if any of your listeners have experienced this, they'll know how challenging it is. If you've experienced it yourself, it makes you very fatigued. It's very hard to manage. Um, for me, I also experienced the symptom of weight gain, even though I was eating healthy, trying to exercise. Um, but I was so fatigued and, um, and also trying to work in my previous job. I traveled a lot. And so I was doing, I was, you know, I was on this plan of the supplement regimen, the food regimen, the getting exercise, the getting sleep and rest. And I was still feeling terrible. I was exhausted. I'm used to being, I'm a very driven A-type personality and I'm used to be able to go from early in the morning and my morning run to late in the evening. And in that season of my life, you know, I might work a couple of hours and then I would have to take a nap. And it was really challenging for me. And also, you know, for me, I've had challenges with body image and um, eating disorders in my past. And so I've been in recovery from them, but that season was really difficult. And I bring that up because of your your question about patience—I knew I was doing the right thing, and I also knew that I was in connection with God and talking to God about that experience in my life. And the answer just was not yes at the time. Like I could—I don't know if you've experienced in this in your, in your business or your personal life. I was doing everything right, and the list that said would lead me to success, but that was not the outcome that I was having. And it was a season where I was being taught patience. Like, do you believe? That you're doing the right things. And do you believe that there is goodness at the end of it for you? Do you believe in health or do you believe in constant disease? And of course, I was able to lean on my previous health experience with the tumor and having the removal and the reconstruction. That there were seasons in that journey where I just thought it was never going to end, that my body was never going to be okay. And then in this season, when it was like, oh, Kim, I had to even go out and buy a whole whole new set of clothes because I couldn't fit in my clothes anymore. It was so frustrating. And I was so impatient, like, why me, you know, you start to get the victim, why me, but it's, it's taught me patience for myself, for the process, I did end up coming out on the other side of that, you know, and being able to get my energy back, being able to get my thyroid balanced, it's very challenging to get your thyroid balanced too. So we're, you know, messing around with medications and trying to figure out how to get me into the right place. And But that season taught me so much about patience and especially patience with my body and patience with where I was and even patience with um, how much I could do. Like I just in that season, I just could not do as much. And I had to just have acceptance for that. I feel like we were talking about acceptance earlier. I just had to accept that that's where my body was. That's where my life was. But as soon as I tried to get forceful and rammy and just like figure this out and like you know what I'm just gonna go find a different doctor or I'm just gonna you know starve myself today or I'm just gonna go for an extra long run like that wasn't an option. I had no option for the patients then because I couldn't do those things because I was physically not well. So that's been my experience with patients. And gosh, and we could talk all day about patients and entrepreneurship, couldn't we?
0: Uh yes, would be an understatement. I deal with that struggle every single day. I would be completely lying if I said I didn't. And it's multiple times every day. I think that
1: becoming, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say, I think that becoming an entrepreneur has been the greatest growth journey that I've ever experienced, personal growth journey. And I'm so grateful that I accepted that invitation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have to share with you, I've actually had hypothyroidism since birth. Oh, so you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And actually at the time of this recording, I am going through my own thyroid crisis because my body hasn't been accepting my medication. Mm. So we're trying to figure out what's causing that. Um, so I'm actually going to be treated or tested for celiac at the end of the month. Yeah. Which is going to create a big flip of diet, especially in my house with five kids.
1: It does. But I will tell you, so first of all, I can't believe you had hypothyroidism for so long and they're just now testing you for that. Um, it did, you know, the thyroid journey, I, I often say was actually, if not harder, equally as hard as dealing with um, the the journey with the tumor and cancer because that thyroid journey is so... Unknown and so challenging, and it really caused me to completely change my diet, change my exercise regimen, really learn patience, and it really taught me how to rest. I had to learn how to rest because I just did not have the energy levels that I had before. And gratefully, when I was able to put those pillars in place and also like spiritually surrender the process, I did get well. And if it gives you any hope, I'm off my medications now, I'm doing very well, and there's stabilization there. So there is There is stabilization and opportunity for that. But, you know, in that journey for me, I was kind of where it sounds like you are right now. And I had to accept that, you know, that was where I was. And I think once I finally accepted that, you know, maybe I was going to be on the medication for the rest of my life and maybe I wasn't going to be able to exert as much energy or do as much work, or maybe I was going to have to stay on this diet for the rest of my life. When I could just accept that one day at a time, that was when I started to heal. And that's how I learned patience. I only have to do it for today. Just this one day, maybe tomorrow, my thyroid will miraculously start working. I'm I i have sens- sens- I'm sensitive or empathetic to you for that. It's not easy.
0: Listeners, if you're dealing with thyroid struggles, you have to make sure that you are visiting your doctor. Don't slack. Clients can wait. Your family can wait. Because if you don't go get your thyroid treated, take it from me, you don't want to know what's going to happen. I Sarah, in 2008, I wound up in the mental hospital for six days because of my thyroid.
1: I I, do, I believe you. And I believe you. That was a crazy experience.
0: But what I found out of that, and maybe you've experienced the same thing, the re- well, it was twofold why I wound up in there. I was working too much on my business. And to be completely honest, my thyroid medication had gotten buried under all of my business paperwork on my desk. I actually had an online craft store. So there were materials that I was selling and just invoices and papers and I was stupidly slacked on taking care of my thyroid. But then I was also working a full time job during the day and then working this business essentially full time at night. And I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping two to three hours a night. So when you compound the not taking care of the thyroid with two to three hours of sleep every night, that is bad news to like the 10th degree. And when I went to the mental hospital, they didn't consider the fact that I wasn't sleeping. They did see that my thyroid levels were way out of whack. But instead of looking at the cause, they treated the symptoms and put me on antidepressant medications, three or four. And that to this day takes me off so much because I think that we as entrepreneurs and and medical professionals need to start looking at the symptoms instead of or no, need to start looking at the causes of the problems instead of the symptoms, right?
1: Well, yeah, I could go on this forever. My passion in, is healthcare, and I'm really passionate about people with thyroid and adrenal issues because I've had my own, but I, it's why I believe so highly in functional medicine and the work that they're doing with lifestyle medicine and looking at the root causes. I think one of the greatest things I learned in this journey is that we play a role in our health um, we get to be empowered uh, as patients and we get to take care of ourselves, but also we get to look for physicians that see the whole person and get to see um, the underlying causes. Like I think um, that it was functional medicine that really helped me to heal specifically from the thyroid and adrenal issues, but it was because not, they not only cared about like what I was eating, they cared about how I was sleeping, they cared about my relationships in my life, they cared about the stress levels in my life, what was my job, did it fulfill me? And then we would talk about, you know, what medications I was on, et cetera. But really seeing me as a whole person and helping me to understand, you know, with my thyroid journey, I ultimately had to completely change my job because I could not, like you said, lose my thyroid medicine under the piles of paperwork. Or for me, I was traveling a ton. And that just didn't align my rest. Um, I really needed to heal my adrenals and heal the rest of my life. But that, that causes a whole shift in my belief system, right? To be able to step back from what I considered my identity, what I considered my provision, my, you know, my, the money in my life and what gave me a sense of purpose I had to step back from and that's a belief shift. And so this healthcare journey, you, I could stay on this mountain for a long time and talk about it. But I think you know to just accent what you're saying, we need physicians that see the whole person and then deal with all these facets of us. But we also need to, as patients, understand that every single thing we do affects our health. I love a quote I heard years ago, from a physician that I follow that basically said, it doesn't matter how much kale you eat. If you're in a terrible relationship, I cannot help your health. Like I just can't. Um, because that plays an incredible role on, on the body. And so, yes, this is, a, this is a passion area of mine, health and wellness and kind of seeing our own empowered role in it. Um, so important.
0: I don't believe I've ever shared this on the podcast before. And I do want to say it with the preface that he and I get along better now than we ever did while we were dating or married. But while I was in the mental hospital, my ex-husband, who I was married to at the time, actually contacted a divorce attorney. So I completely agree with that quote. If you are in a bad relationship, it doesn't matter how much work you do because your your mind is just not going to be healthy and that's going to impact the rest of you. So thank you for sharing that quote. Yes,
1: it's, it impacts all of us. And I just can't stress enough how to, you know, make sure you find practitioners that understand that because it's the best way to heal your body. So what do you do now, Sarah? So I bring women together who have experienced health challenges and we talk about the kind of stuff that we're talking about today. Um I definitely Elevate them and make sure that they're um, being their own patient advocates with their physicians. But really, I help them dive into this deep belief work that we're talking about, and the work that's underneath of this. Um, I hate to call it superficial, but this high layer of physical, right? So, what I have found in my journey with myself and the women that I get to work with is that there is, you know, thyroid issues going on, or cancer going on, or chronic fatigue, or other, you know, maybe chronic conditions that are happening, but and and not but and underneath of that all of us have a story. All of us have things that have happened to us in the past, whether it's relationships like you just shared with us that have impacted us or our childhood and, and situations that have happened then, there is this deep work underneath of it of stories that we base our belief systems off of um that impact our health. And what I what I do is help women unravel that and dive into the truth of those areas of their lives and I love Kim bringing women together in community and allowing them to share this ex- these experiences and grow and learn together because what I've found from the work that I do is that we're all unique but we're also very similar. I bet that there's women out there that related to the story that you just told about your husband, your ex-husband and the divorce papers while you were, you know, in a, a health crisis. But what happens is when we hold those stories inside and we don't allow them out and we don't share them and we don't allow other women to be like, me too, I experienced that too. It turns into shame and it turns into this um, mental chatter that keeps us from being the fullness of ourselves. And I think ultimately it really impacts our health emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And so I create spaces for women through workshops, through um, retreats, and through one-on-one work where we really unravel those stories and we really get to the bottom of it. And ultimately, I'm trying to help them and free them up from the physical ailments that they have by doing that work. And I mean, in conjunction with traditional medicine and the medicine that they're doing, I believe it's so important. But I, le- I believe our emotional well-being it matters so much and our spiritual beliefs of like what we're connected to and what we believe in. I love that you brought up the secret earlier. I didn't even remember that. But, you know, that's a part. Like I was seeking all of that stuff that I was seeking and I feel like I have received victory over. I teach women how to walk through that because um, when we are not feeling well, it impacts everything. It impacts our work. It impacts our relationships. It impacts the way we view ourselves and our motivation and our happiness. And so I just want to bring women into the fullness of who they are and be able to experience that.
0: I. I have to say, I appreciate the fact that you brought up faith in God because after I went through this whole journey, I, well, I was raised Catholic. I just need to put that out there. I was raised Catholic, but I never, after, after I left home to go to college, I stopped going to church. I never really had a connection to church while I was growing up. It wasn't until 2009, as I already said, that I was introduced to the law of attraction. And it wasn't until 2010, after I left my ex, that I, I was called to go to church. That was its own huge aha for me. I'm not saying to listeners that you have to have church or organized religion. And I I don't even know what I'm really trying to say, but just having that higher power from me that I felt was out there, that I feel is out there looking out for me and knows where I'm going, even if I don't see it yet, has done so much for me.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I feel like health crises bring us to the place of desperation, right? And, um, when we're in that desperate spot, like I I always say, like, I thought if I could just find the right doctor, if I could just find the right physical therapist, if I could just find the right nutritionist, if I could just find this right coach that would help me, that I would just be better. But it wasn't until I surrendered and I was able to have a deep connection with something that I felt like was greater than myself. And for me, that is God. And for me, I also found the church, um, and was able to find my space there that, I was able to find the deep healing that I needed and I was able to have this faith, right? You mentioned it in such a way, like there were these things that were uncertain that were unseen for me that I learned how to believe in. And when I could learn how to believe in those things that I could not see, that was when, I was able to let go of control. What I realized and like my checklist of trying to find the right doctors and my checklist of trying to take care of myself in certain ways was my sense of control. That was really false control. I never had control. There was no way that I was going to gain that control. But when I could release and surrender and accept where I was and have that deep connection, that's when I got guidance into where I was going and what I was doing and what was the truth for me. It was a layer process of pulling off the layers of what I had created for myself of what I thought society wanted me to be, what I thought the people around me wanted me to be, pulling off those layers and being deeply connected with God helped me to understand my Mm -hmm. truest self.
0: You know, those um, solar models that they have in science classrooms in high schools where it looks like they're on coat hangers and there's foam balls and they just spin around each other? Mm-hmm. I felt like when I was able to start giving up control, instead of having tension on the center all the time and things not lining up, that the planets just started lining themselves up how they need it to be.
1: That's great. What a great visual.
0: Yep. That's I great. Mean, when, we're, when we're constantly working in tension, there's going to be, well, there's going to be greater tension. I know I could have said that much more eloquently. I'm not always eloquent.
1: Did you find a shift in your health and your healing when you started... Um... It sounds like when you started finding a spiritual path for yourself about a year after that happened.
0: Yeah. Everything mentally. So when I started getting my thyroid back in order, you know, and gave up that control, well, I actually lost my job after being in the mental hospital and Everything happened for a reason after that. I lost my job. I joined a local networking group and met the chiropractor who introduced me to the law of attraction. I realized that I didn't need to stay in an unhappy relationship. And then I I actually wrote a soulmate spec sheet, which only a couple weeks later I met my husband, who's just absolutely my soulmate, and the rest of the story goes on. That's not to say that all the all the, you know, the planets on the planetary model are lined up. Because they most certainly are not, and I don't know that they ever will be. By relaxing, the tension has gotten to be a lot less. That's great. I guess that would make sense, right? Relaxing your muscles, the tension would be a lot less too. But really, that's just knowing that I can't control everything and letting it roll. Who have been some of your mentors while you've been going through this
1: journey? Um, Do you mean in terms of like who have helped me in the healing process? I guess to be more specific, were there any great books that provided AHA
0: or we always want people to go back to you, but let's just say that somebody can't today. They might be able to tomorrow. Is there any one great resource that you would recommend that they could look at
1: Oh, there's so many great. Well, I would say one great resource, just because we're on the subject of faith and talking about it, is um the Bible is where I found so much of my freedom and so much of the guidance and so much of the wisdom that I really needed to be able to increase my faith and be able to walk forward. If I ever need any kind of wisdom, that's where I always go first. It's it's taught me how to trust the things that I cannot see. It's taught me how to believe in healing. And it's taught me how to... um to just have hope, you know, in those darkest moments, to be able to have hope and um, a million other things in terms of, you know, how to just be strong and courageous, whatever. I don't have the, the, the willingness or the, I don't have it within myself to be strong and courageous. So definitely scripture and the Bible has been, um, the greatest mentor and greatest book to me on this journey and has given me so much momentum in the healing process. Um, and some of the other resources that have been really helpful for me from a book standpoint, because you ask is um I'm sure you're familiar in so many of your listeners, but the work of Brene Brown has been so impactful for me. I love her work on vulnerability. I love the things that she talks about and courage. Um her rising strong book was so meaningful to me. And um, you know, the the things that she taught us about a uh, vulnerability and courage and um, you know, how difficult that can be. Um, I really enjoyed reading her work. i um, trying to think there's so many. I'm a reader. So you're asking a reader to, um, I read books. And what I will say is over the last few years, I have been a part of a writing group um, in the power of writing and healing. And I've been writing a memoir about my journey and what it's been like. And I have read probably about 75 to hundred memoirs in the past Two years and um, I love reading other people's stories. I love to see their messy. I love to understand, you know, the ch- most challenging situations just being redeemed and restored. And so I've read so many memoirs in the past few years. When Breath Becomes Air um, was a great memoir. Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle was a great um, memoir. I Loved The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls, who was just that was made a movie last year. So many memoirs, I just love when I can find my story in books and um, in other people's lives. I think that has been the greatest men- mentorship to me has been um, finding those stories and finding my story, just finding a little piece of myself in that work.
0: You just shifted my reading list for this year.
1: Ooh, did you, have you read any of those?
0: I have not read any of those, but while I am a fan of Brene Brown, I have to admit that I have not read any of her books.
1: Oh, well, just just block off a couple hours and you'll be done. Because for me, as soon as I sit down and read her books, I am immersed. And I've realized I need to stop um, devouring them because there's so much wisdom. I have to go back and reread them. Yeah.
0: What about The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte? Have you heard of that one or read it?
1: I have heard of that. I haven't read through that entire thing. Has that been impactful to you? Incredibly. When I read that, I
0: stopped that was the big shift for me to stop chasing income and focus on making an impact instead. And also to stop putting unrealistic deadlines on myself. Mm. And that has changed my business incredibly because I'm not getting stressed out when things don't go as planned. I've realized that things will happen when they're supposed to happen. That's good. And if I'm forcing them to happen, then it's not gonna feel as good to me. It's not gonna feel as good to the people I'm trying to
1: help. Yes. Totally agreed. I'll yeah. add that one to my reading list. And then the other
0: one, I'm I'm almost I'll be finishing it tonight is Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits. Every book that I read of is his that new? just impacts me greatly. Yes, yeah, I haven't read that one. In the in the last year. But It's been amazing. And actually just last night I was reading a section about, well, a a few sections that we've already touched upon in our conversation here about the superficiality. You know, people who will be there for you in the good times and in the bad and people who are there to support you in all stages. And then also the asking. We need help to get to the next level of our life, whether it's business coaches, life coaches, health coaches, fitness We can't go at it alone and expect to get to the highest level, right, of our health or anything when we're trying to do it alone. I totally agree with that. So just asking for help. And I am stubborn. I mean, we already covered that even with my husband in the room. I am so stubborn on that. And that's been a huge transition for me. So yeah. Oh, listeners, before I forget to mention, all the books that we just mentioned, because I know you want to load your library, will be found at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP304. Sarah, this has been an amazing conversation. Where can listeners find you online and connect with you and get to know more?
1: Um, well, I'm most active on Instagram at Sarah Fiana, and my name is actually spelled S E R A, and that's F I A N A. So you can find me on Instagram, and also at HealingU.org and HealingU the letter U dot O-R-G.
0: Thank you so much, and listeners again, those will be in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing them down if you're driving or exercising. Sarah, do you have a piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners before we go?
1: Yeah. Well, I think just in alignment with what we've talked about t- today, that if you are experiencing health crises or um, anything in your life to know, just know that you have everything that you need to, to in this moment, like right now in this moment. I always thought that I needed something more, that I needed something to fix me, that I needed to know something different than I knew in that moment. But what I've come to realize is we always have everything that we need in any given moment. It's just about being patient to... Um, to go back to your question earlier and being accepting of where we are. And so I'm just prayerful that, um, that your listeners, wherever they are, if they're experiencing that kind of stuff, they'll be gentle on themselves and they'll be, um, be able to believe that they have all that they need right now.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the positive productivity podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I wanna invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.